Hey everyone, welcome back to the It's a Mind Game podcast. My name is Jade and today I have my fabulous friend and partner in crime and HA dream team, the beautiful Claudia or Nourished by Claudia as you might know her on Instagram and we are here to talk about I guess the the nitty-gritty side of HA recovery that is alternative therapies. So before we jump in, of course, welcome Claudia. Thank you. Thank you, Jade. I've been missing being part of the podcast. We have been doing lives more or less every week and we see each other for the group calls on the Che community every week, no doubt, but I've been missing being part of the podcast. So, so thank you for inviting me back in. Oh, I feel so silly because I think um, we've organized this podcast so many times and then we end up planning all the other lives and community calls in between. And then we're like, oh, the podcast but I feel like because I see you on the fantastic zoom at least once twice a week um we've we've had the same thing going on but no I'm so glad we're finally here and we're back on the podcast and I'm sure all the listeners are like yes to have you back on as well um now I gave a little spiel as to what we were going to talk about today and that is alternative therapies and obviously I am a massive advocate for alternative therapies. I love the holistic approach and I do believe in integrating different people to get the best possible outcome. But I do also know at the beginning of my HA recovery or even just HA research, I was so willing to believe every single sales pitch, every single product, every random internet clip rather than a proper journal because I just, I was so longing for the answer to be not what it was, which was nourishing more, training less. So I guess a little intro would be a a prime example of my initial months of HA recovery or dabbling in that world was I, I saw like a liver cleansing specialist. I don't know exactly what his title was. He was a feral from a friend of a friend and it was just a phone chat online and he was winging out all this information about my liver and how it wasn't doing this and it wasn't doing that and I could be having too much meat. And this was an hour and a half phone call that I barely got a breath in, but we hung up the phone with, if you take these five supplements every single day, keep doing what you're doing, you're fit, you're healthy, your period will come back. It's just your liver's sleepy. And I thought, yes, that must be it. It has to be my liver. So I threw the cash I waited for my parcel to arrive. I took some of the supplements. The reason I I thought of this podcast was actually because I found one of them at the top of my cupboard that I don't even think I opened. Um, But moral of the story, I just, I was searching for everything other than what I knew I needed to hear. What has your experience been like with alternative therapies, HA recovery? If you have a story Mm -hmm. yourself, Tell us all about it. Well, my story is very similar to yours. And uh, I understand that HA recovery is quite tough because some of the women, they are faced with hypothalamic amenorrhea because they've been stressing too much, undernourishing their body, they've been overtraining. But possibly they really didn't do it on purpose or they didn't realize what they were doing to themselves. But other women that I'm sure that they are listening to your podcast, they come with a background of eating disorders. So all of a sudden, hearing someone that tells you, if you take this bunch of supplements, it's going to take the pain away. Where can I sign? Mm. How can I get in? How can you fix my problem 
so that I don't have to face the truth, which is working on the mindset, getting in the way, changing my routine, um, changing my training, and also reassessing all my beliefs and values because that's what the HA recovery journey really is. It's about reshaping your life so it finally fits you and it finally feels comfortable. So um, just to answer to your question, when my period went missing, uh, my first port of call, and I say the first one because I tried them all, <laughs> um, was a naturopath, an amazing naturopath, but she didn't take HA into consideration, not even for one bit. And I'm still shocked and surprised that she didn't because she specialized in hormonal health and pregnancy. And she has, has a show on TV. So she's very well known because of it. Um, but she didn't, I gave her a diet diary. She just glanced through it. She didn't ask me about my exercise routine. She didn't ask me about my sleep back then. And I was, you know, I wasn't sleeping that much, obviously. And she gave me so many supplements. She asked me to do a DNA testing, a stool test, a urine test. She found a parasite. She put me on this tremendously expensive protocol to get rid of the mm -hmm. parasite because clearly the parasite was locking my ovaries from having a period, mm -hmm. apparently. And uh, I actually found the bill just the other day because I, I moved house. And so I got rid of a few things that I, yeah. I was. I'm just giving you that look for those that are watching the video because I literally found that supplement and now you're saying you found your old bill. And I just find it funny yeah. that now we're having this conversation and it's like it was meant to come to fruition. Absolutely. I was actually looking forward to have this conversation. And, and I remember that the bill was $1,700. Um, and that included the DNA testing and the supplements, half of them, which obviously I didn't take because if you don't have the right support and guidance, uh, um, it's not enough to see a naturopath once every couple of months because you forget um, you have no one to keep you accountable. So anyway, I wasted $1,700 just because I didn't want to face the reality of things. But, and that's, as I said before, that's only my experience. And that's number one. But there are so many other modalities that I would like to talk about today. Um, yeah, absolutely. Where would you like to start, Jade? <laughs> well, I guess like we, there's two others that I I can rattle off very easily. Was I remember, and I didn't actually see this person. I just um, one of the CrossFit communities or gyms that I was working at at the time. We were just talking about HA because she had no idea it existed. She had trained for quite some time. Um, I guess I guess more leisurely trained, but still quite consistent had children, never had issues with a period. So that's how the conversation sort of come about. And um, the only reason I bring this one up because I remember her saying to me, highly likely you've got a pinched nerve in between your vertebrae and that's stopping you from having a period. Come in, we'll do an alignment and I like, I bet you'll get a bleed. And I, nothing on that conversation, but I do just remember hearing that one thing in particular and thinking that doesn't make sense to me. Like, there's so many things I could choose to believe will help me, but that's one that it's a little bit too far left or right Perfect. for me to, yeah, it's a little bit too far because I thought this is complicated. This has been going on for a long time. Cracking my back surely can't be the solution. And um, 
so I, I didn't choose to pursue that, but it's an example that always rings true into my mind because it was, it would have been so easy for me to just start seeing um, that Cairo every single week for an adjustment because it's like, oh, maybe they just need to crack a little bit more, a little bit more, and then I'll be done. And obviously any kind of treatment like that, you go in and you walk out feeling better. Like you feel good. You've had an adjustment. Things are in line. So I would have had that positive reinforcement of feeling physically better when I walk out. And obviously not sharing this story to demonize anything because I I think there's a lot of wonderful chiros out there, just like there's wonderful naturopaths and, and physios and acupuncturists and all that sort of thing. But it's just the idea that we can be so vulnerable for people to help us that fits our narrative, which is I can keep everything the exact same and just add in a therapy, a supplement, a consultation, a, I don't know, the list goes on. And it's so easy to fall there and then start losing hope because nothing's working because you've created a reality where you think you're doing everything because you've trusted this one opinion that says just do this and everything will be okay. And then potentially it opens up this position where you don't try because you think you're broken and it hasn't worked because you don't know any better that you never actually tried what we know works. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Claudia? Well, another thing that really comes to mind along with the Cairo, that as I said, there are phenomenal chiropractors out there and osteopath, and they can really help you if you have an injury, if you have chronic pain, or if your posture is as bad as mine. So <laughs> I highly recommend people to go and see chiropractors for that particular reason, but not when it comes to HA. Um, another one that comes to mind is acupuncture, simply because uh, lots of women that I've been talking to, they tend to go acupuncture before doing the HA recovery journey or while doing the HA recovery journey. Um, acupuncture is a very well-studied modality. It goes back centuries and there are proofs that it's incredible when it comes to balancing the hormones. At the same time, also, there is the benefit that whenever you go to acupuncture, you get to lay down for like mm. an hour. And for women with HA that have a very hyper personality, being forced to lay down for an hour can actually do, um, can do the trick because I don't recommend anyone to move with the needles <laughs> stuck into their body because I tried, I remember one specific um, session, uh, my phone was just out of reach, like just this much. And I tried to extend my arm and the needle was just stuck in my shoulder and the pain, OJ, the pain. <laughs> but anyway, all I'm saying is acupuncture works, is gives tremendous benefit, but it's not the cure. Let me say that I have many acupuncturists as clients, and that shows that acupuncture helps, but not if it's not combined with a proper HA recovery. Because if your body is not well nourished, if your body is still perceiving threat, doesn't matter how many meridians you balance out doesn't matter if the chi starts flowing if your kidney starts working mm. again you still need the food you still need the sleep you still need to rest and uh, i had this uh this woman on the recover from a chase support group that she posted one day 
I got my period back. I think that acupuncture did it. Mm -hmm. And obviously all the comments that followed were on the line of, oh, which acupuncture is was it? How many times a week did you go? Mm -hmm. That's the secret, exactly. Little the other people know that for the three months before she got her period back, she started eating, nourishing her body every single day. She gave up exercising. She gave up her job. She changed her relationships. She moved in with a mom and she started taking medications to cure, uh, to heal a chronic depression. So all I'm saying is don't believe the hype. Don't believe also what other people are sharing online because something that worked for someone may not be working for someone else. And I get really passionate about this topic because so many women get derailed simply because they're trying to, they're looking for the quick fix. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I love that you brought acupuncture up because I've, I actually had two experiences with acupuncture throughout my recovery journey. And the first one, um, I literally saw a Chinese acupuncturist who was born and raised in China and didn't speak much English, was very well versed in hormones. And she, as you like, would know, language barriers mean sometimes people can be a little bit more abrupt because they haven't recognized that something comes across a bit rude or um, not very empathetic. And she was wonderful. I love going there. And I remember loving going there because I created a reason to lie down for an hour and relax because I had to. That's mm-hmm. why I was there. And I love that you brought that up because a big part of acupuncture is you literally give yourself permission to just relax. Yeah. And I remember maybe three or four appointments in, I was telling her I wasn't training as much and I was eating more because I was, but not enough. And she didn't know the context of what my less was. So she's obviously hearing me going, eating more, training less, thinking, well, that's it. And I think the third or fourth appointment, she said, why no period? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, your, your treatment's perfect. And why no period? I don't understand. What are you doing? And I was so shocked but I really needed it because I walked out of there and admittedly I didn't go back to her, but she really shook me to my core on, are you actually doing what you say you're doing or mm, interesting. are you amplifying it up to sort of make it a bit showy and sound good? And it wasn't until that conversation that it really made me think, well, you're training less, but you're still training six days a week for an hour. You're eating more, but you're still, um, I'm not going to say like avoiding fear foods and things, but it was still very much within my comfort. It was the same foods, a little bit extra. And that conversation made me really reevaluate things. Fast forward six months, I found a new acupuncturist, which everyone would have heard was my saving grace. I absolutely adore him. Um, But when I saw him, I had dramatically reduced my exercise. I had dramatically flipped over my nutrition and my rules and my stress was so much decreased than what it had been my anxiety who had been relieved I wasn't a personal trainer anymore so much had changed and then I'd go to him and he would um, feel uh, my pulse on different spots and he talked to me about my stress levels and do quite an analysis on my emotional health before doing the treatment and I really think it worked one because I believe as you said acupuncture is incredibly powerful two he gave me faith in the process 
he'd explain things. Mm -hmm. I've noticed a shift in your pulse. I think this is because you're doing this, this and this during the day and your body's like thanking you for it. So there was somewhat of a like counseling almost element in that therapy. And obviously I did get my period back and he helped me through my pregnancy and he still helps me now. I still see him now, but it wasn't the needles. Like it wasn't just the acupuncture needles. It was the lifestyle shift. It was then him giving me faith that my body was responding. It was then committing to lying down flat and feeling good about it and overall faith in the treatment as well. I think that's so important, having faith in the people that are guiding you. Um, and I love and the counselling. And, and the counselling, just going, these, these things are working and if something's stressing you, how can we relieve it? Like he, he had the holistic approach even though his specialty was acupuncture for fertility. Um, and, you know, I saw two incredible practitioners both times. Like I've got nothing negative to say about the other lady either, but my base was so incredibly different. And I think that's what made the difference. If my evolved self went to the first practitioner, she probably would have gotten the same results like we would have as a team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that because as I said before, if your body is still feeling under threat, there is no way that you're going to get a period. And sometimes it's a harsh, harsh truth. Oh my God, mm -hmm. I can't say it's too much of a mouthful. But someone has to say, you know, take care of yourself before spending all the money in modalities that are not going to give you the results. Mm. Um, another one would be, and I'm going to combine them, not because I think that they are exactly the same thing, but because they work in the realm of energy. So it's kinesiology, Reiki, and crystal healing. Mm. I have a very scientific background, but I still love my woo-woo stuff. Um, we are creatures that are made of energy. So I really, truly believe that we can shift our energy with Reiki, with crystals, and so on and so forth. Is that going to help me to get my period back if I restrict my calories, if I do intermittent fasting, and uh, if I sweat my ass off at 5 mm -hmm. o'clock in the morning? No. It's going to help. To, with my self-esteem, with loving myself more, to decreasing the level of my anxiety possible, possibly, but ultimately it cannot get your period back. And mm -hmm. trust me, I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried them all. No, I, I actually didn't and even I've think to bring that up today. I've tried them as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Reiki was a huge part of my journey. Loved it. Mm. And uh, again, I don't think it was just the Reiki that got me through. I believe that it gave me an opportunity to really think deeply about what my body was feeling because the practitioner would be having her hands over me and doing her thing. And I'd notice particular like buzzing sensations in my feet or an achiness in my neck. And it, it forced me to observe my body in a different light to say when I was lying on the bed doing acupuncture. And um, same as you, I absolutely believe in energy and being able to transfer it and raise your vibration and all those sorts of things. And, you know, they're great tools, but they're all tools that belong on the belt. And the belt essentially is your core and that mindset of what do I need to change at my base so that if I want to add in these things, they're, they're complementing the overall system, like 
they're very much the decorations of an already beautiful tree. But how can we water the tree so that it grows and blossoms, yeah. flowers, or you? I, I don't know where I'm going with that analogy, but <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. I love the Christmas tree analogy. Everything that <laughs> talks about Christmas. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm it. talking about Christmas. We're so far past Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always, it's always Christmas for me. Uh, <laughs> at least I wish. But um, I also would like to, to say, just to really clarify this, I am super pro these uh, mythologies especially because I then became a Reiki practitioner I'm not uh, actively practicing at the moment ah there we go <laughs> hello fellow practitioner but I haven't really practiced it since before COVID because then I decided to move my mm. practice uh, to being an online practice and I haven't seen people face to face and longer I know that you can do distant healing as well but at it has never been my my zone of genius anyway. Mm. But I truly believe that um, working with crystals, working with energy is extremely beneficial, especially when you're suffering from anxiety or mm. when everything is feeling too overwhelming or wh- when you need to have faith in something. Um, and that works very well, especially for women that are not religious, but not only that, obviously, but also mm. it can work very well in conjunction with the religion. Um, if you're looking for a place where to belong and to have faith, I highly recommend those modalities. Mm-hmm. But just for the sake of this podcast, if you're looking at a way to get your period back and to get pregnant, maybe it's not the quickest way for you to recover your menstrual cycle. Mm. I just they're, yeah they're definitely complementary no I'm glad you brought that up because it it could be taken as though we're trying to say all these things don't work and we're not saying that at all all of these no. things are again wonderful tools but they work so much better if you're working on the things that really need that conscious change which is nourishment relaxation um, re-evaluating your exercise standards daily life family life work life all those sorts of things um but your Reiki practitioner, let's quickly revert back to that. So for me, I decided to become a Reiki practitioner and I did it just before lockdowns as well, which is why things changed. Um, but for me, the motivating factor was because I, I found so much joy and trust in the process through having treatments while going through my HA recovery that I thought I would love to share this with others. And that's what inspired me to, to learn more. What, what um, brought you into energy healing? Um, my closest friends is a crystal healer and an energy healer, which is why I, I am absolutely pro, uh, energy stuff. Um, but the reality is that I decided to become a Reiki practitioner because I, it was an excuse for me to relax and slow down. Mm. So at that time, because I didn't do it right before COVID, I just, oh, sorry. So we had a little internet hiccup, um, but you were just explaining what motivated you to do Reiki. And I think you were saying that it was a, made you slow down could you explore that a little bit with us yeah I just wanted to I was still looking for an excuse to slow down because it wasn't 
on nature for me at that time. So I found this Reiki class very close to home, went there, met the practitioner, decided to enroll, decided then to become a, a Reiki practitioner, not master. I stopped at Reiki too. Um, I loved it because all of a sudden it wasn't about my body. It, wasn't, it was about my spiritual experience, uh, which is something that I was really missing while going through hypothalamic amenorrhea because I was spending so much time thinking about cutting the calories and working out and working a very stressful job and always say yes to social events and stuff like that, that my spirituality was really left on the, um, the far end corner. So it was a really nice moment to come back to that and tune in with what I really wanted. So even though I'm not practicing it at the moment, I think that it was life-changing in that regard. So I didn't get my period back because I already had a period by then. Yeah. But um, I think that it took my life to the next level in terms of spirituality, slowing down, being empathic. Um, and it, gave, it taught me tools that I'm still using with my clients, even on Zoom. Yes, hello, Reiki practitioner. <laughs> yes, no, I, I like how you said, like brought in the spirituality side of things too, because I, I definitely did experience throughout those um, appointments before I started looking more into it on a, you know, practitioner level is that it did really make me tune in, which everyone hears about when you meditate and because there is sort of that woo-woo culture out there, but on a, on a very serious level, um, when you have been just go, 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 go all of the time, counting calories, cutting calories, um, not eating, not sleeping, training all the time, working all the time. Um, you know, they do talk about feminine and masculine energy and they do shift you very much into a masculine energy. And I do feel like part of me just got blocked out. And I didn't even know because I was just so caught up in that go-go mentality. And part of that slowing down process for me and including the, the Reiki side of things was I found that there was another side of me that wasn't go, go, go. And it, I don't know, it almost created a space for me to think more deeply about what I was literally feeling physically and emotionally. And it created a space and the woman that I saw held that space for me mm. to li like literally sometimes say, well, what's, what's coming up? Like when, as you say that, what's, what are you feeling? And I remember the first time being asked that, like, what do you mean? What am I feeling? I didn't say that to her. That would have been so rude. But in my head, I was just like, I just said a statement. There's no emotion attached. It's just a statement. Like I'm here because. And that question, it's like, oh, sometimes you're so much in a rush that you don't actually think about, like literally, is your heart fluttering as you say this? Are you feeling a little bit dizzy as you say something? Do you get tingles in your fingers? Like what's actually happening as you say particular things? Or have you become numb because you're so... Um, like racy that you don't have the time to feel anything and often you know we, we experience it and our clients do too they're like I'm kind of just a bit numb and mm. for me that's what the the Reiki sort of brought back it was this place to go physically and emotionally what are you actually feeling like what's the shift what's the difference good or bad didn't even matter but it was just literally creating a space to feel things that Sometimes I had been avoiding for the longest time, which yeah. was the motivation for a lot of my behaviors because I'm just not mm. ready to face that emotion. It's too raw. It's too painful. It's confusing. 
all those sorts of things. Um, did you ever feel or do you, I guess, reflect on now when you were sort of in that go, go, go lifestyle that you did feel somewhat emotionless and then you look at your life now and you feel things emotionally differently? Like you still have levels of happiness and sadness, yes, but it's more of a whole body emotional response. I don't know if I'm making any sense. You might be able to word it better. Well, I feel that when uh, I was deep um, in my HA, I was just anxious, anxious, anxious and, um, and sometimes depressed. And I didn't accept those feelings. So I was trying to battle them every single day. And it was a lost cause. Right now, I'm experiencing all the feelings. Sometimes I'm very happy. Sometimes I'm content, very grateful, extremely sad for many different reasons. Um, and I'm okay. I'm okay with those feelings, with these feelings nowadays. Back then, it was just a constant battle to overcome anxiety, to not feeling depressed. And obviously, I was always using, um, you know, the, the calorie restriction and the overworking and the overtraining to manage them. And in hindsight, I can say that using all the alternative therapies was really beneficial for me uh, from the point of view that they shift my nervous system from being in fight and flight all the time to being in rest and digest. Even if it was just one hour a week, I at least could feel that there was, uh, there was something else out there that I was missing out on. So seeing then I remember that after every single time that I saw the naturopath, I would feel very tired, exhausted, like I could go to sleep, simply because finally someone had list, listened to me. Someone was finally taking care of my situation. And even though she didn't really help because she didn't understand what I was really going through, um, she was holding the space for me. Same thing with acupuncture, same thing with the Reiki, crystal healing. Um, they didn't bring my period back. They didn't make me pregnant. They didn't take the eating disorder away. I had to do that. But at least they gave me the chance to simply reassess um, the situation that I was living in and understanding that there was an option out there which wasn't feeling anxious 100% of the time. And um, if you're happy for me to share, I can also tell you what worked for me. And I'm yes, really absolutely. what worked for you. Yes. Uh, what really, really worked extremely well for me, and I can say for most of the clients that I work with, obviously, uh, three things. Number one, seeing a dietitian or a nutritionist that was well-versed in eating disorder and hypothalamic amenorrhea. Because some days it was all about checking my blood test and checking my diet. Other days, it wasn't about that. Other days, it was about fear foods, weight gain, body image, and feeling frustrated because I wasn't getting my period back and all of that. The second one was uh, a psychologist. I wish that I found um, a counselor or a mindset coach like you are, Jade, but unfortunately, back then, the options were very limited. And the third one um, was being part of a group. It was a small group that I was so lucky to find online and it was only five of us and we're still in contact so many years later. But I remember, I think that I've already shared this with you, but back then I thought if I 
ever recover from an eating disorder and from hypothalamic amenorrhea, and if I ever get the chance to work with women, I will be creating the space that I've been looking for for years and is missing. And I think that that's what we have created with the HA community and with the program and with our one-on-one sessions, because it's not seeing a person once a week that makes a difference. It's not getting the third supplement on top of the other four that you're taking. It's not only about getting the needles or getting the right stone for you to feel the vibration, but it's also about feeling heard feeling that we belong and having someone that has your back and is there to answer your questions. And I really feel that that's what I needed. And I also really believe that that's what we have created. Well, what's your opinion on it, Jay? I, um, I wish I had have actually seen a nutritionist or a dietitian. And I think I booked multiple appointments and canceled last minute because it was very much, I know I need the help, but I'm too scared to hear what they're going to say. So I'm not going to spend the money in case I waste my time on advice. I'm not going to take that's complete truth of that. Um, But in hindsight, I look at so many things that I like foods I avoided because I thought I was intolerant to them. And I later worked out obviously that I wasn't intolerant. It was just my digestion was messed up from not eating enough and all those sorts of things. But if I had have sought out that help, I could have learned that so much earlier. And rather than trying to be Dr. Jade, who can do it all by herself, um, there's especially the digestion, I could have just avoided a lot more discomfort and avoiding. So I started reacting to like fruit and vegetables, which I love. So that was really difficult because I'm it's like they're fruit and veggies. And I just think about all the effort that I put into trying to troubleshoot why this is happening and I'm so broken and I just didn't know any better. But if I had have asked for that help, it's actually so common. Like in hindsight, I know so much more about it that if I had have said that to someone who was educated in the field, they would have gone, oh, honey. like Everyone out there. <laughs> yeah, like we can work this out. It's not a problem. But instead I just morphed it into I'm just so broken. I can't even eat broccoli. Like what the heck? Um, so I actually wish I had have had the guts to just keep the appointment. Um, but then I cancelled multiple times on the one person I wanted to see. So I was just too embarrassed to ever actually show up at that point. So another silly thing that I did. Um, And things that definitely helped finding people that you trust. Like it took a while for me to find my acupuncturist that, as I said, I absolutely adore. It took me a while to find the appropriate, like I've got a lovely circle of friends, but I definitely had two of my best friends that I could talk to on a level where they they didn't get it because they hadn't gone through it, but you could see they really tried to be in my shoes and that helped. So I guess that links very heavily into just, you know, holding space for people to talk and not try and have that fix-it attitude, like just eat more or just sleep in, just do this. It's like it, I know they mean well, but it kind of hurts when it's dismissed in such a just do this kind of manner. Um so definitely finding people on your team that are willing to see your perspective and are willing to hear you talk about the same things over and over again. Cause I sounded like a broken record for a lot of the time. So that was really important to me. Cause I, did, I think if I had have been dismissed, I probably would have given up multiple times. 
instead of having someone go, I know this is hard, but you're doing a good job. (laughs) Um, And you need the reassurance when you're going through such a tough journey. Yeah. And like, honestly, one of the most helpful things was what my husband said. So my husband uh, trained just as much as I did, died as much as I did. That was our whole relationship. Like we'd train hours a day. We'd eat all the diet foods and then we'd have like a big dinner together. Like it was all very matched. And um, I remember just one day he turned around and said, oh, like, I'm glad it's you and not me. And it made me feel so good because he recognised that it's hard and I didn't need him to be like, you can do it or anything like that because deep down I knew I could do it. Like it's all happening in here. But when people know the right thing to say, it, it just helps so much. So I guess I'm repeating the same thing over and over, but it's just that finding people who really can see where you're at and get it and give you advice that actually clicks, not just either makes you feel kind of horrible or you can tell they're just trying to make you feel better, like it's a real truth. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm, yeah. But just no, having, no, it does absolutely. Yeah, it's like it's, it's hard to explain it until you've witnessed it, but I'm sure the women that are listening that have got those people in their lives will be knowing who I'm talking about. It's like they're not sugarcoating, but they're not bossing you around. They're just very objective in a mm. comforting kind of way. <laughs> and I've also noticed this morning on the, the group call in the Czech community that lots of the women, they are actually texting, texting each other and supporting each other because sometimes you're very lucky to have supportive friends and supportive husband, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes mm. they can be also quite pushy and they... And sometimes they wonder, oh, we wanted to start a family yesterday, why you still don't have a period? So some mm-hmm. women are faced with that reality. Um, and they can, and for those women, finding support elsewhere is absolutely paramount because it, it's such a lonely journey. It's a lonely, lonely travel. Um, and you've been lucky with your, your partner that got you. And I was really lucky with my husband as well. But man, he didn't really understand anything <laughs> of the stuff that I was sharing. He was like, yeah, okay, I'm just here to listen, but don't ask me to answer because I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. But you know what? Let's um, cheers to all the, the partners and the husbands that are willing to talk about yeah. periods to make us feel better because you know what? That wouldn't have been the easiest task for them either. But um, no. I was jokingly saying, to- well, not jokingly. That. I was saying to my mum yesterday, I'm like, you have no idea. I think John would know more about periods than most of my friends. And she's like, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm like, well, he's just listened because he knew I needed to talk. So I just word vomit all this stuff. And he'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. that's good. That's great. I'm glad you're learning. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um, but, uh, but I guess linking it into what you were saying too about the, the women that we've brought together as well is that there's also something special about connecting with people that we're not seeing face-to-face every day because sometimes we can want to filter what we're saying to accommodate for the person's feelings that we're talking to. Mm. So sometimes it's nice to just have a space where you don't have to have a filter, where you can literally just say exactly what you're thinking, especially with the eating disorder things, because sometimes we don't want to say what we're actually thinking because we think people are going to think we're crazy, which kind of makes everything worse. But to feel safe in a space where you can literally say exactly what's on your mind and get the response of either, I get it, I've been there, here's what helped me, or 
just to sit there and listen, I find that's really beneficial as well. Just not, not exhausting yourself on filters all the time. Just I can really let it out here and no one's going to judge. If anything, I'm going to get some really comforting responses and I'm going to know that it's going to be okay because I'm surrounded by women who are either in the current space or they were once there and now they're way beyond it and living happy, healthy, flourishing lives. Love everything that you said, Jay. <laughs> and I agree with every single point. <laughs> I've just browsed down at the time and I'm like, oh my goodness, Claudia, it's already time for us to close this chapter of this beautiful podcast. But rest assured, ladies, we will definitely be pairing up for another podcast. Um, I guess this is a good opportunity. If, if any of you have questions for Claudia or I, you can obviously contact us on Instagram, send us an email, and we can cover some of these topics in maybe another podcast. Or of course, we do have the incredible HA community and the other wonderful HA dream team things we have going on. Um, so if you're interested, obviously reach out. Claudia, as always, it's so wonderful to have you here. And I feel like I'm having coffee with my best friend. Oh, I don't have a coffee. I feel like I'm having a coffee chat with my best friend. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. I agree. I'm just so sorry of two things. One, that the coffee isn't here. And secondly, that it's time to say goodbye. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, goodness me. But I will see you in no time at all. And I can't wait for more collaborations. It's just, it's so much fun talking to you about everything, everything, everything. So guys, thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to like, subscribe, comment, share, all of that would be so, so helpful because the more people we reach, the more we can help. So thank you for joining in and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Bye. Bye.